With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for another episode of Here We Go, the Steelers show. I am Brian Anthony Davis, here representing not just the fans' first sports network, but the Steel Curtain Network, and we are so glad to be with you once again. And I love Friday afternoons at noon because I get to hang out with the most knowledgeable football guy I know that does it for a living. His name is KT Smith. Kevin Smith, what is going on? Brian, glad to be with you and uh, another another fine Friday. Uh, always enjoy our conversations and it's a great way to kick off our weekends. It is. It definitely is. And, you know, we were talking off mic. We were talking, uh, we've all been talking about this, especially with uh, the other NFL guys at Fans First Sports Network. It's 24-7. It's 365. It's the NFL. So it is absolutely fantastic to be talking about something like this. Major League Baseball started today. Well, actually yesterday. And the Pirates won. And I'm shocked because they are not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs already. But with as much fanfare as there was for opening day, Steelers made some moves. And that's something to talk about. So that's great. And we're going to talk about all that. But I want to congratulate you, Kevin. You've got a new venture here at Fans First Sports Network. Let's talk about that first. Right. That's uh, that's exciting. I'm going to be doing some podcasting for the NFL channel on Fans First, which is uh, at FFSN un, uh, underscore NFL. And um, it'll be an opportunity to talk about really the entire league and and not just what's going on in the league and, and what's happening in the draft. But to, for me, it'll be interesting because I'll get an opportunity to, to really dive into some of the X and O's league wide and talk about different strategies and philosophies and how certain players might fit in certain systems and things like that. And, and that'll be, that'll be really cool. And, and I think for people who, who want to maybe expand their knowledge of the game a little bit from a, from a schematic standpoint and also really look at different angles throughout the league, it'll be an interesting podcast. Well, that's something that you do every single week here with me. And it's great because I learned so much from you. So I'm excited to hear that on a league wide scale. So that's going to be fantastic. But when we do our pregame show on here, we go, you know, all about these 
these teams and these players. And now when we have guys coming in, such as Keanu Neal and Brian, is it Fahoko? Correct. Yep. Yeah. Now, now the latter player, I don't know a whole lot about, but, uh, but I, I'm very familiar with Keanu Neal because he was attractive to me for the Steelers back in 2016. And I remember digging into his film a little bit and, and doing a little bit of writing about him. So, so he's a guy that that's an interesting signing and, and then the, the depth piece on the defensive line, we'll see another guy for the rotation uh, at worst. He was a first round pick, right? Keanu Neal. Yeah. 17th overall. Interesting, which is where the Steelers are picking this year. <laughs> How about that? And he's a guy that's had a lot of injuries. I don't know how to uh, measure my excitement here on Mr. Neal. So please let me know how he fits and why this is a good signing or why they, uh, they should have looked elsewhere. Sure. So, okay, let's do some pros and cons real quick. The, the pros, if you were lamenting the loss of Terrell Edmonds because you liked his flexibility and you liked the fact that the Steelers could play a three safety look, using Edmonds and Mika Fitzpatrick and DeMonte Kazee, you're going to be able to do that same thing with Ken O'Neill because he's a really good box safety. He's a thumper. He's a guy who, who is going to be physical at the line of scrimmage. And when the Steelers want to put those three safeties on the field together, they're going to have a perfect combination because you'll have Kazee on the back end, who's a very good center fielder and does a nice job taking care of the deep balls, whether he's in cover one or cover three. Uh, you're going to have Fitzpatrick who has taken on a, a little bit of a Troy Polamalu role in the last two years since Kazee has arrived because Kazee gives him the freedom to roam. And you never really know where he's going to wind up. Minka Fitzpatrick, wherever he starts, but uh, when a play, when the ball snapped, uh, rarely does he end up in, the, in that same spot. Uh, and then you're going to have Neil be able to play down low in the box. So, so the Steelers will not lose that three safety package, which is great. The cons are probably concerns about his pass coverage. How, how well does he cover? How versatile is he going to be in his ability to play on the back end and then come down and cover tight ends and things like that? I don't think the Steelers brought him in uh, because that they felt that was his strength. I think they know what they're getting. And I don't think that the Steelers will see him as a, a full-time plug-and-play safety. But if, they're, if they want to you know, get creative with the three safety looks, or if they want to use him as a dime linebacker, I think he is a really good acquisition. Well, that's great. That's great to know about, uh, help me out with the pronunciation. Cause I was calling him Keanu Neal. Yeah. Keanu Neal. Yep. Exactly. Okay. Uh, not to be confused with Keanu Reeves, AKA Johnny Utah. Oh, so. well, come on now. Who's the We're better on... quarterback? <laughs> Who's the better quarterback? Is it Johnny Utah? Or is it Shane Falco? Mm. I think they both went to Ohio State, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Johnny Utah took him to the Rose Bowl. So uh, I, I might have to go with Johnny Utah. But I believe Shane Falco went to a big bowl game, too. Hmm. Well, uh, Shane Falco might have, may have gotten the hotter girl. So oh, that's okay. that that may be how we judge this. I don't know. Uh, and he played for Gene Hackman, so I mean, you know, that's true. I mean, he had some advantages there. So let me. Well, at least Shane Falco played football, but let's let's not <laughs> let's not go down that rabbit hole. I could talk about that all day long. Uh, <laughs> all right, I all love right. sports movies, but let's, let's focus. We're focused. Okay. 
So Bryden, I called him Brian, and it's actually Bryden Fahoko. Or is it Brayden? I'm, I don't know. I'm pleading ignorance on this one because uh, the signing was just announced, and, and this is a player I'm not very familiar with, and this is someone who I'm sure – is going to be competing as a depth piece. I, I, I look at him. I mean, I mean, he, he, he was signed off of the Chargers practice squad. Uh, he's an undrafted free agent. So he's a guy who's scrapping for a roster spot and probably won't uh, really won't have much of a role for the Steelers, even if he does make the roster. But one good thing about that signing is the one guy I think is a bit of an X factor on the Steelers defensive line for this season is Isaiah Loudermilk. And because, yeah, you know that Cam Hayward and Larry Ogunjobi are going to be the starters in the two four five, which they're in most of the time. That when and when they go to a three four, the old base three four, the third guy will probably be Demarvin Leal. But then you're going to you need those depth pieces. You have Montrevious Adams back, and he, he'll he'll lock down one of those roles. But the fifth guy is interesting. Who's the fifth guy? Because with injuries and attrition and things like that, you're going to need at least a a fifth defensive lineman. And it looks like at the moment, it's probably going to be Loudermilk. And he didn't exactly like the world on fire last year. He showed a little bit of promise as a rookie, didn't seem to advance much last year. And so now you bring in a depth piece and that pushes Loudermilk a little bit. If there's, if there's one thing that, that really motivates people, it's competition or the threat of job security. So I'm sure the Steelers will add to this. This is probably not the last move they'll make to the D-line. I'm, I'm, I would be shocked if they don't add somebody uh, in the draft and, and a, a fairly high pick at that. But I certainly think that the Steelers are looking for competition along the defensive line right now. So he's 6'3". He is 300 pounds, like you said, undrafted. He was actually featured on Hard Knocks back in 2020 and that is when they did both the rams and the chargers in los angeles it was the covid hard knocks so it would be very interesting to go ahead and uh watch a little bit of this because uh he performed the haka which is a traditional maori dance with family members prior to lsu football games and on hard knocks so that's really interesting you can they might feature him a little bit if you want to get Maybe a glimpse of Mr. Fahoko, which I'm excited that they're making moves. If you listen tomorrow, and I haven't heard it yet because it hasn't been recorded, but actually not tomorrow. It uh, I'm breaking down the thir- the fourth wall here uh, because we record this on Thursday nights, and I'm trying to act like it's Friday. So I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, so before you listen to this show, you had an opportunity to listen to Jeff Hartman and Let's Ride, and he basically said, hey, the free agent frenzy is not over. And he came up with that title before they brought these guys in. So that's uh, that's good foreshadowing there. And it's like, look, Omar Khan is not going to stand pat. But I've warned a couple weeks ago that, hey, don't, don't put any shade on Kevin Colbert and what he did with the Pittsburgh Steelers because this is just a brand new personnel scheme in the NFL. You know, the NFL personnel, you can a, a player has gone on a dime. No we would have never thought that Tyreek Hill would have been traded last year. Never thought that Zeke Elliott would be uh let go and looking for another team. Cuz that never happened back in the day. That didn't happen 
four years ago, Kevin. It's a, it seems like it's a new era. So you have to be making all these moves now, right? Yeah, I think the the shelf life for anybody in any single location is very tenuous. It feels as though that old Jerry Glanville quote, NFL stands for not for long, is especially relevant. Uh, you look at even, now granted Aaron Rodgers has been in Green Bay for a long time, but when when you think about Aaron Rodgers leaving Green Bay, you just think to yourself, you know, could you ever five, six, seven years ago, could you could you picture that happening? Which, by the way, as a side note, it looks like he's going to go to the Jets. And and while he stays in green uh, from the green and gold in in uh, in Lambeau to the, the green and white with the Jets, it'll just look weird. It, it's always weird to me when a guy who's been a face of a franchise for a long, long time goes out and plays for for another team. And I'm very, very thankful that Ben Roethlisberger uh, did not cling on for one more year and, and play like in San Francisco, which was a little, a, there was a little buzz about that this past week uh, where Roethlisberger said that maybe he had uh, had some conversations about that because you just, you just feel as though, you know, you, you want to exclude that chapter of their career because they made such a mark uh, in the, with the team that drafted them. That's very true, and I understand that. And it just seems like uh, the comings and goings are so much faster. So, you know, be careful when you're buying that jersey. I want to start buying my jerseys now with uh, just a whole bunch of letters and no nameplates on the back. You know, then I could just go ahead and sew them on and take them off as we go. There's a lot of uh, Carson Wentz jerseys in the uh, in the South Jersey area where I live that really now could have been swapped three or four times because that guy looked like he was the franchise quarterback in Philly just a couple years ago. And he's been with two other teams now and he's looking for a third in just the, the span of a, a short period. So you're right. You never know when when things are going to turn uh, on a guy's career in the NFL. Absolutely. So there's a lot of what ifs that are going on with the entire league and with the Pittsburgh Steelers, but we care about the what ifs with the Steelers and we're going to talk about those what ifs. It's what if a mania when we come back here on Here We Go, the Steelers show. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. The worst looking man you've ever seen. And there I am on the subway train. It's Kevin Smith and Brian Anthony Davis here on Here We Go, the Steelers show. We are so glad that you are with us spending your Friday. And wow, it is the last day of March. This has been a fast year, Kevin. Yeah, and a mild winter. And I don't think we've had uh, cumulative. I don't think we've had an inch of snow uh, where I live. And 
I know some other places in the country got hit, got hit hard at times, but it feels as though the winter, the winter came and went rather peacefully. So, uh, and April is such an exciting time of the year just because you get flowers and leaves on the trees and, and all those things. It's a, it's a, a new season and all, but NFL draft, uh, and not long after that, OTAs and, and mini camps and little things like that. And you, you just, before you know it, it'll be football season. So it does go fast, but it's all stuff that that's real exciting for us. Yeah, it's uh, to me, it's the dawning of the summer and you start, uh, especially I start spring in my mind. I don't care what the calendar says. When we do that time change, I'm like, that's eh, spring. Yeah, so I, I love the time change and getting back to it. I know it takes me a couple of days to get used to losing that hour, but that's okay. I get light and that makes me happy. Yeah, I, I used to think, I think when I was younger, I, I got a little bit of that seasonal depression where you just, you had the lack of light and you just kind of slug around. And I would just feel, I would feel like just, you know, sluggish and everything would just be heavy, et cetera. But then I had kids, you know, and they don't let you, uh, <laughs> they don't, they don't, they don't care how you feel, man. They, they demand what they demand. So yeah, I'm glad it's here. And I love the month of April for the NFL draft because, and we're so busy around here, but it's a good busy. We love how busy we're going to be. And you're going to hear it all here first on the Steel Curtain Network, everything you want. And I'm going to go ahead and, and uh, it's a month away, but with the draft only a month away, get ready for a full weekend. We're going to have breaking news picks with Dave Schofield after every single Steelers pick. You know, there's going to be a surprise in there too, where they're going to make a trade or do something and something that you just don't expect. We are going to not only do that, we are going to have, uh, I'm breaking this to you now, right now, because since it starts on a Thursday and with Friday, we're probably going to do our show late after the first round like we had to do last year. <laughs> oh, yeah. I fully expect that to be an all-nighter. You taking the next day off? Uh, I didn't last year. I powered through. I think I had, I think I got a, a solid three hours of sleep and <laughs> went in there and, you know, threw something in front of those kids in my classroom. I don't know what, I don't I have no idea what I did, but. <laughs> but we're gonna have we're gonna have that. Then we're gonna have roundtables after picks. Then we're gonna have the wrap up shows, and there's gonna be a little moving around. We'll have uh, the homies. will go ahead, go on on Sunday. They usually go on Saturday. They'll go on Sunday and wrap it all up. But with the division in mind as well. So looking at other other teams too. So that'll be really cool. We're gonna have everything first. That breaking news story. As soon as the pick is made. Dave runs the microphone and does it and he gets that out there. So we will have, it will be up to date and ready to go. So you got to be with the steel curtain network for the draft, but before that draft, you're going to have so many shows and so much to talk about, which we have here. And it's the what ifs and Kevin did a great job. He made a list of what ifs the one, the first, what if let's talk about that. And we're going to, because there's still a part of that what if that we still need to talk about. And Jim Wexel on the Steel City Insider here on Steel Curtain Network talked a little bit about what could be the answer. But the first what if, Kevin, was what if the Steelers don't sign a safety to replace Terrell Edmonds? But you went ahead and said, could Patrick Peterson be the answer? So we have that answer. We have half of that answer today because now you have Keanu Neal. 
at strong safety. So there's another safety in house, but could this be an opportunity where Patrick Peterson is uh, moving and shaking all across that defensive backfield and getting the Rod Woodson treatment at his age to go ahead and extend his career and help the Steelers out at a valuable position. Yeah, that's a great analogy. Uh, I think signing Keanu Neal lessens the the need or the likelihood that Patrick Peterson moves to safety. But one thing he did talk about when, when he was signed by the Steelers, Peterson, was that he wanted to play – uh, as many positions as the Steelers would let him, he, that he wanted to be all over the field, that he felt like his skill set allowed him to be able to play in a variety of roles. And I, and I was kind of reading between the lines a little bit, and I thought I felt like he might be alluding to a possible move to safety in some capacity. I don't know, again, now that Neil's been signed, if they'll do that. Uh, but I do know this. Neil played for Todd Bowles in Tampa Bay. And Todd Bowles... Uh, is pretty similar to Terrell Austin in terms of what he likes to do on defense. You rarely see Todd Bowles line up in a static coverage. They're almost always showing one thing pre-snap and swapping to something else post-snap. Uh, they they use a lot of blitz disguise and a lot of coverage disguise. They'll bring guys from all sorts of angles. They'll they'll drop safeties into the box and and blitz the quarterback. They'll drop defensive ends off into coverage. These are all things we see the Steelers do. So the point to, to what I'm saying is Neil's got experience in this type of a defense. Peterson has the desire and the skill set to be moved around. I think what the Steelers are doing right now is they are, they are remaking the defense in a way that allows them to be really, really physical up front, re-signing Larry Ogunjobi, bringing in uh, – Landon Roberts and Cole Holcomb, the downhill bangers at linebacker, and then surrounding those guys with these really versatile pieces that they can move around and use in a wide variety of ways to confuse offenses. So I think that I don't think that the Peterson and Neal signings are just like, we need a corner, we need a, a safety. I think it's guys that they're targeting based upon their intentions schematically on defense. Very good. That's that's a great answer. And I would think that Patrick Peterson might get a taste here and there, but now it's not necessary, like you said. So that's fantastic. Number two, what if they don't sign a slot receiver? Who's going to play there for the Steelers, Kevin? That's interesting. So when you look at the current crop of receivers uh, in the free agent market, there aren't a lot uh, of guys who are attractive as a slot option. I know that uh, your your uh, slot crush, uh, Nicole Hardman, was was uh, taken off the market not too long ago. That that probably hurt you a little bit, but uh, but the in-house guys, uh, Steve, well, Stephen Sims is now gone, so the in-house guys are are Gunnar Gunnar Olszewski and uh, Calvin Austin the third and Anthony Miller most likely. And between those three guys, uh, they caught five balls last year. Uh, Miller and and Austin didn't play a down because of injury. And Olszewski is better known as a return guy than a slot receiver, which isn't to say that none of those guys can step up. I, everybody's really excited to see what Austin has to offer. You, you heard so much about him being electric in training camp last year, and then he got hurt and we never got to see it. So, so there's a lot of enthusiasm and excitement about him. But I will be shocked. I'll be shocked if the Steelers say 
that they're okay with those three guys. Um, just like we were just saying about the defense, I think the Steelers are reshaping the defense in a certain way. And I also think they're reshaping the offense. They're, they're intending to be bigger and more physical. You look at their signings up front, you know, Herbig and say Amalu, I mean, big physical guys that uh, can knock people off the ball. They, they, they're going to want to run the football uh, and set up the passing game off of that. And I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked at all if they're, if they're looking for a bigger guy to play in the slot. Now, who that is, I don't know, but I, I'm I'm hesitant to, to believe that they're going to roll with that sort of slot rotation of Austin Olszewski and and Miller. I think there I think there's a bigger guy coming in from somewhere. Do you think there's going to be a another free agent signing, which they have not done at wide receiver, but there's still guys out there. Now, some of these guys that I'm going to mention aren't exactly slot guys, but Jarvis Landry is, right? Yeah, I think the Steelers are a hard no on Jarvis Landry. Okay. He doesn't fit the profile of what they're doing or what they've done at all. Now, neither did Patrick Peterson. So you might say, hey, this is a new regime and they're looking at things a little bit differently. So maybe a guy like Jarvis Landry is attractive. But I don't think he's a fit in this particular offense. I don't. I, they, the Steelers are going to need their slot receivers to block. The Steelers run a ton of bunch sets. And in those bunch sets, the wide receivers are, are condensed. They're tight to the line of scrimmage. The off-ball receivers uh, have got to be able to, to get down and at least be able to chip linebackers or even occasionally a defensive end. Uh, I don't know how willing a guy like Jarvis Landry with an injury history and now getting you know kind of up there in years in terms of his NFL experience is concerned, how willing is he going to be to go into that type of a system? And so. There's there's attitude with uh, Jarvis Landry as well too. So yeah, I mean he seems like a guy that's a that's a uh, do you you know do you want the young receivers around him? I, I don't know. I don't think you do, but that's a name that continues to be bandied about. There's other older guys that you can see coming in like a Marvin Jones, but not exactly. I don't know if he really fits the bill there either. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. But you expect them to go ahead and, I mean, if you were to put money down just to say the Steelers will draft a wide receiver in 2023, would you put that money down? Because I think I am. Well, the Steelers have four of, what, the first 80 picks? Is that what it is? Yep. I would bet, I would bet a lot of money that one of those four is going to be a, a wide receiver. So there's also another possibility that they can add to those picks so the question number three is, what if all the best tackles and corners are gone by the time the Steelers make their first pick at 117? Will they trade down? Are they going to pick another position group to go ahead and target? Where do you think they're going here, Kevin? Yeah, that's going to be fascinating. I think I think the Thursday night of the draft is going to be so much fun because there's really so many things the Steelers could do. They could trade down. Interestingly, Mike Tomlin, at his remarks at the owners' meeting, uh, recently, or I'm sorry, it wasn't Mike Tomlin, it was Omar Khan, said the Steelers would think about trading up as well, that they've got some some resources that they might be able to use. And, and maybe there is that corner that they love. Maybe there is that offensive tackle they love. And you, you think about it, you got probably six or seven really high profile guys at those two positions. You've got Witherspoon and Porter and Gonzalez, the corners, who are all upper echelon guys, 
and then you got Skaronsky and Paris Johnson and and Jones uh, and the kid from Tennessee, right? Uh, as your offensive tackles, who all seem to be you know guys who you might take at at at, no, at seventeen. If if the Steelers are sitting there at seventeen and like six of those guys are off the board, and Joey Porter Jr. is hanging out there, but you look at a team like New England and you think the Patriots are picking two spots in front of the Steelers and could use a corner, might grab him. You know, do the Steelers move up? So I don't. I so I don't know, man. It's an absolutely fascinating scenario. On the flip side of that. What if they're sitting there at 17 and three of these guys, now this is highly unlikely, but let's say three of those seven guys are still on the board. They may look behind them at some of the teams and say, well, we don't believe that, you know, the next four or five teams are going to pick these three guys. And so we're going to move down to 21, 22, somewhere in that neighborhood and pick up some more picks. So I think the Steelers really have options, but I also think they could sit there and, and pick a guy at 17 who's not a tackle or a corner. They could pick a linebacker. They could pick an edge rusher. What if what if Lucas Van Ness from Iowa is there? A guy who who the Steelers have seemed to have a ton of interest in and who, if they don't sign Bud Dupree, would probably be slotted in right away as your third and rotational edge guy. So this is going to be a really fascinating thing to watch as the as the Steelers, you know, maneuver that draft board. So let's have one last what if here. And it's the tackles, the tackle position. Now, they brought in LaRaven Clark. We know that. But he's expected to be, you know, a guy to go ahead and be a swing guy. You're not expecting him to start. You're not wanting him to start. Uh, In fact, if he starts ahead of a guy like Chooks for or ahead of a Dan Moore Jr., then you've got probably you've got problems there. There's either an injury or just uh, you're going to regret not taking a tackle. So if they don't take a tackle, are those guys good enough being more or a core for? I believe that th- to start the season, the Steelers are fine with a starting five that returns both tackles from last year. The, the movement that they've made this offseason has been on the interior of the line. And, and that's where you get into some intriguing questions about the combinations uh, I had an article up on on the uh, the website this week asking questions about those combinations, and there was a fan poll attached to that. And the, and the results in that poll about who should start where were really interesting because a lot of people were lobbying for very, very different combinations of centers and guards. Uh, some people saying, hey, just, you know, start Mason Cole and start James Daniels and, and sub out Sayamalo for – for Dotson, other people wanted to see Daniels move to center uh, and and Herbig take over at the other guard spot and just to get that more physical group up front. Um, there was a lot of intrigue about that. But the universal feeling really was that unless the Steelers land a high tackle at 17, they're going to start with, with Moore and Okorafor. And I think that from a continuity standpoint, that's okay. But ideally, I really do think that they have to upgrade the tackle spot. They're, are they good enough to beat the middle of the road teams winning you know, 20 to 17 games? Yes, they are. We, and they showed that last year. But in order to beat the best teams, if you're going to beat Buffalo, Kansas City, uh, teams like that, you got to score points. You're not going to hold the Bengals routinely to, to 20 points. They, they score. You got to get up into the 30s. 
And at some point, they'll have to upgrade the tackles if they want to do that. Very good. You know, I'm thinking that if you pick an offensive tackle this year, that really you're picking for the future, which there's no problem with picking for the future because you don't want to have the bear covered next year and be desperate. One thing that the Steelers are not is desperate going into this draft. I think that's going to be my theme as I wade through the next four weeks before we do have that special draft night. And I'm looking very forward to it, but I think they can go a lot of places and everybody could be happy. Yeah, it really is interesting to look at how they've approached free agency. They really have tightened up some of the areas where they were the thinnest and they're absolutely in a position now to draft for want instead of for need. And I, I feel that's usually where they're most successful when they don't have to either reach or if not reach overly prioritize one position group. Of course, everybody would like to see them strengthen the corner group and the offensive tackle group, but if they don't do it at 17, they have uh, a, the ability to do it later with, with four high picks and they still have starter ready guys. They still have enough guys in just about every position where if, if they if they played a football game tomorrow with the roster that they currently have, you wouldn't feel too bad about it. Awesome. I don't know. We did not discuss this beforehand. Do you have a dude of the week? Usually I think about it before we come on, Brian, and I'll be quite honest. I didn't and and I don't have one that, that leaps out at me. What about you? I actually have one and we haven't talked about him yet. We've talked a lot about Omar Khan. Let's talk about Andy Weidel. Let's talk about guys like Sheldon White and Dan Colbert. So I'm looking at the scouting department here. I'm looking at everything. We're seeing a stamp from there's definite influence from Andy Weidel. And those, those scouts, White and Colbert, they're doing a lot of things as well. So I'm just going to go ahead and give them a collective dude of the week because there's nothing that really sticks out this week. No, and and the Steelers scouting department and their front office in general has earned so many accolades this offseason for the way that they've approached the draft process. There have been so many uh, prospects that have come out and just said wonderful things about these guys, how, how genuine they are, how much interest they showed. Uh, you, we, we mentioned weeks ago, uh, Carl Dunbar working the combine and, and what an effort he was given uh, as, a, as a guy who seemed just to be you know wanting to coax the, the best that he could, the most that he could get out of these young prospects. And prospects like Christian Gonzalez saying, talking about raving about Mike Tomlin and saying he's the real deal. He's, he's, he's you know, how genuine he is. And, uh, and, and guys that have come into Pittsburgh as free agents, like Peterson saying, I wanted to play for Mike T. Uh, it really is uh, special when you think about what the Steelers are able to do in the front office to, to really make this franchise feel like a family and make it feel like it's really about something more than uh, this being a job. And I think that people value that. So so I, I agree. I think you have a great choice here. And I think that that we can kind of honor the entire front office this offseason. Very good. So let's go ahead and get ready to get on out of here. Kevin, it's going to be a uh, big week. Any articles that you're working on right now? Yeah. So the one, uh, I guess the next one coming out to film room on 
how I expect the Steelers to operate on offense next year. And it's really a focus on them going a little bit heavier. The re-signing of Zach Gentry, I thought was an under the radar signing that spoke a lot about their intentions. I think you're going to see the Steelers for the first time in a long time, probably since Jerome Bettis was on the team, transition away from being uh, a predominantly 11 personnel team, which means a, a three wide receiver team. And, and more of a 12 and 21 personnel team, which means two tight end sets or sets with two running backs on the field. So, so I'm looking at that, and really what I'm doing is I'm taking a drive, the, the, the opening drive from the season finale against Cleveland, where the Steelers drove down the field in, uh, operating predominantly out of heavy sets, and, and looking at that drive and speculating on how that might foreshadow the offense next year. All right, I'm going to be sure to check that out on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, the editorial side. We are the Steel Curtain Network on the podcast side, and make sure you check out shows that debuted yesterday, like Dave Schofield and the Stat Geek, Greg Benevit and Kyle Kreiss with what Ian's talking about, and of course, the preview last night with myself, Jeff Hartman and Dave Schofield. Then Jeff Hartman, as we foreshadowed earlier, had another show with the great Jerome Betts. His name's actually Jeremy, but Jeff has no regard for given names. He wants to give you his own name. I guess it's a Godfather type thing. I'm not sure. But with that being said, check out Let's Ride. And then after this show, a full slate of weekend shows, Dave Schofield and I will have the week that was. There will be another episode of The Homies, State of the Steelers. You're going to hear another episode of a crazy episode that's a lot of fun it's uh mini muppet coach t with kyle Kreiss and the steelers q a so check all that out and then we'll reset and do it all again on monday but you have up to date fast tracking steeler news if it's happening you're gonna find it on the steel curtain network as a part of fans first sports network with that being said kevin have a great week my man thank you brian thank you to everybody listening be safe out there. Enjoy yourselves. All right. Keep your feet on the ground, Kevin. And keep reaching for those hypocycloids. Mm-hmm.